welcome to episode 45 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we take a look at the disturbing trend of single-player microtransactions in AAA games. Woohoo! T-shirts! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. We're talking about microtransactions again? Why? This time in single-player games? What are we fucking doing here? <laughs> I am Paul of What's What Point in with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Not much. Yeah. What what are they doing? Like I God, uh, I don't know, dude. This it's one we've games. been we've been sitting on this topic for a few weeks now because because of some news that we'll talk about. It'll be the first game we talked about for this. And it's yeah. just like news broke on this particular game and it containing microtransactions and loot crates and it's single player modes and it's just like what the and it went from like hey i'm potentially looking forward to this game because it is the sequel of a really really well received game and Mm -hmm. it turned that into a no thanks yeah i'm gonna no no longer interested i'm all right i'll wait for it to hit five dollars on steam yeah i won't even do that i'm gonna pass maybe yeah, I, I uh, let's just get to the news and we can start venting about this topic. Well, actually, first, yeah, we've we got, got some administrative stuff. Yeah, we got got a couple administrative things we want to talk about real quick, uh, and some of it just I want to talk about real quick. So, to let all of you fine podcast listener folk in the loop, uh, we've hinted at some craziness that's coming up soon, uh, and that craziness is very coming up soon. Uh, and that is my wife is pregnant and has been pregnant for a while. And the babies, plural, are yeah. due on October 10th. That is their eviction date. They will be removed no later than October 10th. So uh, is, it, is that their born on date? That's their eviction date. That's what I'm, I've been calling it. Um, All right. But yeah, so understandably things might get a little crazy here um we are going to try to keep our normal two-week deadline going um we might miss a couple of days and not miss episodes like i don't intend to like oh sorry this episode's not gonna happen see you in two weeks it's gonna be more like oh sorry we couldn't make monday here's here's your episode on wednesday and hopefully hopefully that's not too inconvenient for you guys um but we're going to do what we can. Uh, it's going to be a crazy, crazy schedule for a little while because it's going to take at least a couple of weeks to figure out when I'm allowed to sleep. <laughs> to, to put it that way, like, because, you know, you don't know, like they need food every like two hours. And since there's two of them, I can't sleep through it. Like, yeah, I'm not allowed. I have to I have to get up and help. <laughs> there, there's, there's also um, the fact that Dan has been doing all the editing for the podcast recently since uh, I've pretty much been doing my own editing for the audiobook. 
So this is going to add a little bit more strain to that particular situation. Well, that's that's not necessarily a huge deal because I have some some other things I can do to help. Um, you know, editing is easy. It it, all, it only takes it only takes a, a few, few hours, couple, a couple hours per episode now, uh, depending on how hardcore I'm going with the editing. Which a lot of our episodes lately have been getting less and less, mostly because we're getting better at doing the show, and there's less that needs to be edited out. <laughs> kind of. Well, we don't. There's not. There's no huge long pauses and lulls anymore. We're we're more comfortable talking, and we we happen to say stuff, and we don't trip over ourselves as much. So there's there's less cleaning up to do. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how much we've been drinking during the episode. As I sheepishly take a sip of beer. And I also have some delicious coffee. Is that coffee? That's good coffee. Why it's are you a... <laughs> why are you lying to our listeners? Are you are you not a fan of Stephen Lynch? You literally just showed me a bottle of beer before the episode started. I don't know what you're talking about. This is a coffee mug. God damn it. Okay. So <sighs> but, we also have Are you some... are you a fan of the comedian Stephen Lynch? I at am all? of course a fan of Stephen Lynch. Yeah. There's in his live DVD, he takes a sip of a beer from a bottle and goes, Ah, that's good coffee. And yeah. So forever forever a joke that is in my arsenal. Okay. Well, we've also got something other than coffee to talk about. Yes. Since it is merchandise. Yes. So we've been talking for a while and hinting at some some merch will be on the way soon. And I'm going to say this now so that it forces me to get off my ass and actually do it. Uh, we're going to have our first t-shirt available by the time this episode goes live. Um, it's basically just going to be our banner logo. So it's going to be like the little mine with the cart that says loaded cart gaming and professor bananas because it's professor bananas and it's awesome. Um, I don't know how many varieties of colors will be available. Uh, we're going to be doing it to, through teespring. So if you're unfamiliar with teespring, usually the way those work is that like there's a campaign for the shirt. So we'll, we'll, you know, block three or four weeks of uh availability in there and you can order it and then i think at the end of the campaign however many shirts are ordered they just make and send out so i know i'll be ordering one i know paul's going to be ordering one um and then hopefully you guys will order one we're going to make them as fair fairly priced as i can probably around 20 bucks just because like that's it i i'd pay 20 bucks for a t-shirt i've like, paid 20 bucks for a t-shirt yeah because a lot of a lot of shirts that I see I people putting out, they're like for this T-shirt. Yeah, they're they're like. So I'm wearing a Cloud Nine T-shirt right now, like supporting one of my favorite uh, esports teams, and I think I paid thirty for this, and like that's that's a normal price for for a lot of stuff these days. Is like the the twenty eight dollars plus shipping or whatever, and I think Teespring that's, does free shipping. Expensive. Um, the other thing is I think Teespring can actually link up to Amazon. So like it will technically be available on Amazon. And with this shirt, like this, this is going to be kind of like our default normal shirt. And I plan to just like at the end of that campaign that whatever the three or four week period we set, like just a new, new one will start and it'll roll over. So this is going to be our like kind of default shirt that will always be available. And then we actually have some ideas for, uh, maybe a couple of limited edition runs of uh 
shirts that we might do and uh one of them is is not making me super happy (laughs) but it's probably gonna happen anyway yeah but one of the ones that we've been thinking about is we've been trying to think of a funny way to do uh like one of our like a little catchphrases that's on the show which is paul saying and here's some some smooth jazz to play you out and we're trying to figure out like how can we work that into a shirt because like i don't know that just seems like something that is very our show um it's not wrong yeah but and we're trying to think of some other good like kind of inside jokes for from you got for you guys the fans that you know would make interesting t-shirts so if you have anything that has been really funny like seriously made you laugh really hard or that you think really kind of embodies the show like let us know and we'll try and figure out how we can like make it something funny to wear please don't make it a flaming bag of dog poop i don't know flaming bag of dog poop could be pretty funny just like a flaming paper bag, brown paper bag. So (laughs) a big great thing happened as well on the podcast last month. Yes. We actually broke a thousand monthly downloads for the first time. Yeah. A a lot of podcasts don't like to talk numbers, but I don't give a shit. Um, (laughs) Because I think it's interesting. Like we talked about when we broke 500 and that was like a big, big deal for us. And it's only been a handful of months and we, actually nearly hit 1500 last month so like we went from 800 the month before 800 and change to almost 1400 which is a nice nice little jump and hopefully it continues to grow like i would love to see this grow and yeah me too i mean i the more you guys that we can hang out with and you know play games with and talk to and bring on the show and the more more good stuff there is out there right let's be honest the like you know the listeners know the one thing i like to do is use my voice if i could do that full time mm-hmm. either through voice acting the show anything regarding that i am fucking two thumbs up all aboard let's fucking do this yeah so really we're mentioning this because we want to thank you guys our fans because we we just do this because we like talking about this stuff and we think it's fun but really the show is for you we keep doing the show for you guys because i mean shit we're closed so also kind of an interesting note along these same lines we've been recording this show for over two years we started our first episode we recorded was i think in august of 20 20 long time ago yeah like Dude, my brain just took a shit right there. Yeah, if you if you go and look at the YouTube channel, like that is actually those are the actual dates we recorded the episode. So the first episode was back in August. So yeah, like we've been doing this for for a couple of years, and it's I mean, we hope you guys have been enjoying it as much as we've started enjoying it. Like I don't know, or have been enjoying it. I guess that means what, that means what's Paul playing today is over four years old. Yeah. God. Paul's having an existential crisis right now. Yeah, if you can but... only see his face. <laughs> Need some more coffee? And you can if you look at the YouTube show. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what have you been playing? I was just about to ask that, but I, I figured since you were taking a drink of coffee, that I wouldn't bother. Mm. Ah, delicious coffee. Right, I just spilled mine on my fucking oh. chest. Well, shit. What are you drinking? Let's, oh, let's... I'm 
if we're it's gonna, not gonna, if it's not coffee. It is not. It is Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. It is probably my favorite beer, to, my go-to beer. Yeah, I, you've had it multiple times on this show, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm drinking a beer by Abita, who is a Louisiana brewery, I believe. And uh, it's called Andy Gator. And it's a weird beer that I found not terribly long ago. Because it's a Doppelbach, and I love Doppelbach beers because they're usually pretty tasty and flavorful uh but this is a hellas doppelbach which is even weirder and more flavorful but it tastes kind of like a pilsner drinks like a pilsner you can just i mean just absolutely destroy these and uh and then they destroy you back because they're eight percent i was about to say there's a little <laughs> bit of trouble with destroying them because of the eight percent this which is actually fuck it who cares like five maybe five and change i think I can't even see it on the label. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> so kind of funny story connected to this. Uh, the reason I have these beers is from uh, a baby shower some people threw for my wife a couple of weeks ago. And they asked me beforehand, what is my favorite beer? And and I was like, that I can get that they can get locally. And so I was like, well, you know, Andy Gator is pretty good. It's it's really drinkable. Uh, I was just giving recommendations at the time. And uh, sure. so they bought like an entire case of it. Holy fuck. Uh, so they, there's a thing that they like to do at baby showers if they're co-ed where they like fill baby bottles full of beer and then like have a beer drinking contest. Like who can chug the baby bottle full of beer fast enough? Don't, I don't ask. Like that. I don't like that. It's really funny. A girl won. Like a girl just absolutely destroyed all the guys that were there. It was pretty funny because they were using like this. They were using size, if size zero nipples on the baby bottles, which are like infant and newborn. So they have like the smallest possible diameter hole and so they're the hardest to get liquid out of and i don't think they intended to do that they just happened to buy them because they were the cheapest they could find and uh so yeah so so this girl just like trashed all these guys which was really funny but they they got me this giant novelty bottle to drink alongside of them and uh they put three beers in the thing, but the person who was pouring it didn't know anything about the beer I was drinking, oh like my. that they got for me. So she just put, so they're like, go ahead and get, get three of the alligator beers and pour them in there for, for Daniel. And oh my. So, so I laughed. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to finish drinking this and I'm going to have a nice buzz for the rest of the day. Cause that's like half a six pack and like, I'll be good. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and like, so I told her about it afterwards. She's like, it's 8%. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I'm good. This is 8.2. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was both surprised and pleased. So ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is going to get a lot more fun as it goes on. Yeah, this is brought to you by beer. Hooray, beer. <laughs> delicious, delicious beer. All, All right. right. So we're so, actually at the what have you been playing portion of the show. What have you been playing? We had, to, we had to pause and do an ode to Hops and Heroes and what are you drinking? Yep. Thanks, we, Bailey. Thanks, we're, Drew. We're, we're waiting on the Dragon Con show, guys. <laughs> Just telling you right now. Hops and Heroes Dragon Con episode. Where is That's it? That's not going to end well. We're waiting. We're waiting. <laughs> that's not gonna end well for them <laughs> so so i've been been playing a few things i've been playing a lot of games recently which seems really I weird see I, I don't I see feel that. like i've had a lot of time but i've like i'm like what have i played in the past couple of weeks and it's like holy crap this list is huge um so again vainglory been playing that 
I've been playing some Stardew Valley because that is our next game corner game and uh, haven't really played it much before. So I've been getting some in there. Um, Been screwing around with the tutorial episodes of Descent Free Space uh, because I'm trying to figure out how I want to work the controls. Um, It does take about 12 hours to beat the main campaign. Just a just a heads up. I looked that up the other day just to see how much time I was going to need. Been playing Minecraft with a mutual friend of ours uh been playing PUBG sometimes with you and uh then i've been playing this weird mobile game called last days on earth and i have seen that one it's actually fun like i've been having i've only played a couple of days like you know maybe two two and a half hours worth of the game but it's a like zombie survival game and it's third person isometric but you have I'm playing on an iPad, so there's like a little D-pad on the iPad and a couple of mm-hmm. buttons that you hit. But like, you you know, you use stone and and wood and and grass and stuff like that, and you go salvage stuff and you you build a little house and a farm and and it's got some of the you know, what you expect from a mobile game of micro tra- not really microtransactions, but you have X amount of energy per day. Yeah, and the yeah. energy is spent to travel faster. So, cause you can travel to different locations and, gotcha. uh, and so like if you go to travel from point A to point B and it can take 20 minutes to get there. And so you can literally close the game and wait 20 minutes or, or you can hit a button and spend energy to travel and then, you know, microtransactions to buy more energy if you want, or you can just sure, wait till sure. the next day. It's, it's a very standard model for free to play yeah. mobile games. Um, I have not hit any kind of paywall yet, which is nice that, you know, Hopefully, Absolutely. I don't know when I'm going to hit a wall. It's going to be like, oh, shit, I need to pay. But yeah, I've killed at least three players, which is kind of funny. Because they attacked me randomly okay. while I was in one area. Because you play yeah. on multiplayer servers. Sure, sure. You can apparently attack each other. But I was just in some wilderness area and three different people ran up to me. And like they're attacking me with like sharpened pointy sticks and i have like a hatchet and i'm just like just destroy the shit out of them because i had like this meat cleaver hatchet thing it's pretty funny i guess it made me laugh yeah Uh, Yeah. but yeah it's been fun so far i'll i'll definitely uh let you know more if it's you know i would i'd give it a shot if you uh are bored and need a pooping game maybe i mean I i always need pooping games yeah so what have you been playing well, the obvious was PUBG. I actually was just playing with uh, Drew and Seven Days Dan before the episode. Um, nice. be- yeah, we... <laughs> Fun story. Um, Dan ended up uh, getting killed and um, I'm driving the Jeep that he got killed in just streaking through the area toward the northern shore and they're just shooting at me, shooting at me, shooting at me and all of a sudden Bob Ross causes the Jeep to explode. He also killed Hitler earlier in the in the game. Bob Ross caused the Jeep to explode? He did. He did. With gunfire. He also killed Hitler. I think we're glossing over that. We shouldn't gloss over that. How did he blow up the Jeep? With gunfire. The Jeep was already on fire. He just okay. continued to fire it until it exploded. And it just careened off into the water. I was entertained. Were you- were you in it at the time? Oh, I absolutely was in it because I didn't want to play. I didn't feel like finishing the match without Dan. So I was just like, oh, okay, this this is fine. This is the events that are happening. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything is okay. 
<laughs> we're going to explode now. Okay. You're the um, uh, the dog in the burning building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also been playing Overwatch with uh, my usual crew. Uh, Nio, the um, Dark Souls in the eastern regions. Uh, samurai yeah. Dark Souls? Essentially, yeah. And <laughs> been playing Dark Souls 3 and Descent Free Space. I actually finished the first mission and kind of was like, I just want to go play Elite Dangerous now. Yeah. And, th- and that was as far as I got for now. Yeah. Uh, so did you finish Dark Souls 2? Uh, you moved on to three, or did you just? No, Drew and no, I haven't played play together. So. No, actually, Drew and I haven't had a chance to play together in okay. Dark Souls 2. So I just kind of started playing Dark Souls 3 because I never actually played any of the DLC. So okay. I was like, all right, I'll go play DLC now. And that was it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, news? Yeah, we can do some news. We got, news. we got a bunch of news stories, which is kind of funny. We do. Yeah. Um, so, this one has been the most entertaining to me uh, over the past couple of days. Is there's like kind of a big pissing match going on of id software employees and former id software employees and QuakeCon. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. at at QuakeCon, uh, Tim Willits apparently in a big interview made a claim that he invented like standalone multiplayer maps for video games and apparently this isn't the first time he's made this claim and uh according to his 20 years according to his claim uh prior to his invention of these separate multiplayer maps games just use single player maps for multiplayer game modes and uh what makes this interesting and funny is that there have been a large number of like the old school id employees that worked on doom and quake that have come in and just basically been like this is complete bullshit and uh like for the first first the one that was really really funny is that he was talking about how like basically he did all of the levels for quake and all of these multiplayer maps and all this stuff and like john romero just like popped up was like look as a gaming historian, I think I need to set the record straight here and uh, immediately just like listed all of the maps in Quake 1, especially the shareware version, like because that was what was under contention that he did all of the stuff for the shareware version of Quake. Sure. And so he all the maps that are in the that first unit of uh, Quake missions for the shareware version and four of the nine maps were made by Tim Willits. <laughs> Two of them by John Romero. And like, you know, several other ones by other people, but less than yeah. 50% were done by Tim Willits. And he's just like, yeah, th- this guy has no idea what the hell he's talking about. And even John Carmack was like, yeah, I I don't remember him ever coming to me with this idea and pitching it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is apparently he made some claim that the original Quake game like didn't really have any design direction and apparently... Uh, John Romero has just been like, look yeah. at all of these design documents that I still have on file because I yeah. kept everything. <laughs> because John Romero keeps everything. Yeah, but it's it's been been really funny. It's been this this big back and forth thing where, like Tim Willits has been you know saying all this stuff and people have been rebutting him and he's been trying to rebut them. But by far, the funniest one to me is American McGee has come. Okay. So. If you have not been following the absolutely ridiculous career of American McGee, uh, Alice, he, 
Yes, he did the Alice games and some other craziness. And I think he just did a board game. Like he just kicks finished kickstarting a board game. Um, mm-hmm. And now he's working on a pitch to pitch to EA the third Alice game. Mm. Like he's trying to work on a, a new Alice game. Um, mm. But he closed Spicy Horse Studios, which was his studio in Shanghai, and just went to live on a sailboat for a while. So he apparently paused whatever he was doing on his sailboat to chime in and be like, wow, I'm glad someone is setting this dude straight and like quotes John Ramiro. (laughs) I guess. So the funniest part is is like this dude's just, you know, out in the ocean somewhere and like stops everything he's doing just to be like, just to, you know, chime in on this whole thing. And that just strikes me up. So I'm wondering now if, has he worked with Willits? I mean, is this this a longstanding feud? American McGee used to work for id software back back in the quake era and quake and doom like he fair enough yeah like he that was he used the quake 2 engine to make america mcg's alice because he used the quake 2 engine when he was at id software okay that's fair like he, he's I, I, off I have his not, own studio aside from alice i don't know jack her shit about this person so yeah yeah but yeah he, he was one of the the quake guys back in the day like one of the original id crew that did crazy stuff and bought Ferraris. Yeah, we can we can go on about that for a while if you want, but I think we should move on to Logitech for here. Yeah. So this is another another weird bit of news that is interesting just because like I know some people really like them, but Logitech is making a new trackball. And it's part of their MX lineup. It's called the Logitech MX Ergo. Uh, and it's a wireless Bluetooth trackball. One one of my roommates in college really loved trackballs. Like he preferred them over mice, even for MMOs, which always seemed really fucking weird to me. But that's fine. People love trackballs. They're fun. And but apparently Logitech is, you know, modernizing them so you don't have to buy like refurbished 30 year old trackballs or whatever. Which I find which is fine. I, like I get, you know, trackballs, but why would you need wireless Bluetooth? trackballs like they're not rolling anywhere they're not moving anywhere you're not jostling cords well so you don't need a cord at all but that's okay moving on but you can like you can pack it in a backpack and use it with a laptop like yes i i just but yes i i understand i understand what you're saying that like you know it's not exactly moving anywhere like a mouse does so yeah this this is a hell of a lot more movement than a trackball yeah but i don't know yeah yeah all right so you got a i do find, find a good one here so i i was linked this by a buddy earlier today and apparently south park's the fractured butthole the difficulty slider changes the color of your character's skin yes i don't and this is fucking brilliant it really is. I believe if you the, the darker your character, the more difficult it is. Which I guess mimics life. Not to get too yeah. political here. Um so the idea is that uh it even tells you straight up that it doesn't actually make the combat any harder or easier. It just makes the rest of your life harder or easier. 
Like that was gotcha. that's one of the jokes. Like it is totally political humor. Like, yeah, that is. Yeah. So the harder you turn up the difficulty, the blacker your character gets, and the harder his life is. Yeah, I wonder if there's any different dialogue options in there as as the game goes. Makes, probably, it may totally makes me curious. Yeah. There probably is. Yeah, and there's one more thing that happened with South Park that I thought was really interesting about the whole thing. And that is when you have um, the talk with who's who's the guidance counselor? Uh, uh, Mr. Mackey. Yeah, that's him. So basically, if you choose anything other than boy for your uh, character sex, um, they'll he'll be like, oh, so the whole thing with the stick of truth uh, is a girl the whole time. Okay, are you sure? Let me call your parents real quick. Literally, we'll have a conversation with the character's parents saying the whole stick of truth thing was actually the girl the entire time. Yeah. So, so like, you actually get to pick a gender in this one. And, like, in the last game, it just kind of assumed you were a boy. I don't think it actually... I don't know if it actually ever mentioned directly that you were a boy in the first game. Like, I've been trying to think about it, like, today. No. And, and it's just, like, you're the new kid. Yeah, you're never called new the kid. new boy. You're just, you're the new kid. Yeah, you're just new kid. Yeah, so that's actually really cool that they they've kind of I mean it's South Park they're gonna they're gonna hit political humor in very intelligent ways and I think this is brilliant the way they've been uh... absolutely and yeah. and I'm I'm a little put out by the fact that it's not the same studio doing it but at the same time it seems to be going really well anyway like it yeah. still has that same flavor anyway Indeed. yep anyway. We, we've got a, a few more here. Um, so, interestingly enough, there is already a version of this on... Um, the internet? <laughs> Wizards of the, yeah, on Wizards of the Coast, their website. Yeah. But apparently there's going to be a new version of Magic the Gathering called Arena. And it is a full, complete recreation of the trading card game up to and including the entirely new rules, Planeswalkers, stuff like that. And it'll eventually support draft mode, which I found the most interesting. Because the draft mode, if you're not familiar, is basically everyone opens a pack. You've got like eight players. Everyone opens a pack. You shuffle through, take one card, pass it down, take one card, pass it down. You have a certain amount of time, and you keep going up until the point where all the pack cards are done, and you make a deck with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Because, um, I mean, the plane planeswalker stuff or whatever the stuff that's on xbox live and and steam is always been a little interesting i'm not a huge magic the gathering fan but i mean collectible card games are interesting in their own rights yeah um so i mean this is cool i mean i'm glad they're doing it um i'm interested to see how it'll turn out it's really what it boils down to yeah it is just interesting that like you know they're making a big deal out of this and it's just kind of like but wait what about Magic the Gathering online? Like they already, this already exists. <laughs> oh man, I just saw the thing. Thought it'd be interesting to talk about. You know, <laughs> oh, I I agree. It is interesting to talk about, but it's also just weird in the same way that it's just like. This, I wonder if this is an expansion for. It the does draft here so. So closed beta signups are available on the official website now, and the players of Magic Duels, Magic Online, and Traditional Magic will have opportunities to pro for priority access. Early players will enjoy casual constructed play with cards from the Ixalan set, and testing will begin later this year. The game will be, will be available only on PC to start. Magic Duels 
had its final content update a few months ago, and fans did not take kindly to the knowledge that the game was coming to an end. However, mm-hmm. continued support is planned for Magic Online, so I guess they're supporting both games? It's it's yeah. kind of a weird thing. Well, I can imagine that, because I think Magic Duels had limited card sets, and they just had yeah. expansion and starter and boosters that you could buy. But like... Magic the Gathering Online, I think there are people that have, uh, like the actual card game, have spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on that game. Wouldn't surprise me. So, I don't know. It's interesting. So we have... Good. I was going to say, it's just it's always interesting when someone's trying to take a real, like an actual physical trading card game and turn it into a computer game and like how that crossover is going to work. Yeah. So we've got one more bit of news that kind of ties into our main topic. And specifically, um, the next one is We Happy Few has completely been review bombed for the, I guess, dramatic price increase. Mm -hmm. And that gamers were blaming Gearbox software for this because Gearbox got involved with publishing We Happy Few. And the funny thing is, is that Gearbox had nothing to do with it. This was a planned increase from the beginning. They they said once it gets out of beta, it is going to rise to the to sixty dollars. It didn't. It only rose to fifty ninety nine. Well, it's also still in early access, and is it, it coming is. out until it, April? And yes, but they did say that it was going to happen. Mm. It's going to happen. It's going to have a price increase. It's just going to be sixty dollars, but they you know they raised it for eight dollars less. It, it's just okay i mean why are you guys fussed about this you knew it was coming why are you upset i think they're fussed about it because it's still in early access it's not it's not out yet i don't know the only thing that i can i don't know it it just seems like a weird thing because they told you it was gonna happen you knew this was gonna happen why are you mad yeah um because it's not April of 2018 yet. Like I think that's I, that's the only thing I can think of. Like it's not the game is not coming out anytime soon. It's still six months away, and the price doubled overnight. So I don't know. I, I'm just my my thing is that I have no problem with this. They told you told them it was going to happen. Yeah. It just happened a little earlier. That's all. Yeah. If you if you want to be butthurt about it, that's fine. I'm just I don't see a reason to be. And I, if if you guys out there listening are, if you're upset by this, tell us why. Like, why are you upset? Like, what is, what's, what is your take on this? What is your angle? Um, because yeah, re- we we want to know. Like, seriously. Yeah, reach out to us on Twitter. Reach out to us an email. Help post a comment on the on the episode post when it goes live on Facebook or our website. Yeah. Um. But speaking of review bombing, because this is actually something that people have been doing lately, uh, like it's been happening on YouTube too. Like the yeah, you know the yeah. trailer for what was it, uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare got review bombed. Like oh uh, yeah, but Fallout Four has been absolutely destroyed in the past couple of weeks since the launch of the creation club and and the guys we promise this totally isn't paid mods paid mods (laughs) yeah 
let's put it into perspective here. The overall rating for Fallout 4 is mostly positive with 64,147 reviews. And the 70, recent... 71% of those are positive reviews. Yes. The most recent portion, overwhelmingly negative with 5,671 reviews. Now, when we say recent, the recent ones, I believe, are in the last month or so. Days. Last, last 30, 30 days. days. So... 16% of the reviews in the past 30 days are positive. Yeah. That is a huge difference. <laughs> when 74% of your shit is destructive, I'm oh, sorry, 84%, yeah. you, you know you fucked up. You, you know somewhere down the line, somebody fucked up. Uh, and I'll, I'll totally include this in here, but uh, I we did a blog post, I did a blog post uh, last week about you know what the the initial offering for the beta of the creation club in fallout 4 um but a youtuber who reviews fallout and skyrim mods did his review of the the initial creation club offerings today and oh my god it is hilarious like henry mxr does this awesome just complete teardown of this thing and he literally because this dude is so knowledgeable in the fallout four mods that are out there. Like he takes almost every single one of these paid mods and shows you the free alternative and why it is better. There, there are a couple he actually admits are better with Bethesda's, yeah. but 95% of the, them are just better with the free ones. The two that he talks about that are better are, the backpack, the modular backpack mod. Which is really cool. That is by a really, really good mod author who did uh, modular dog armor not terribly yeah, long yeah. ago that he reviewed and gave like rave reviews to. And he's like, this is actually really good. It does some really cool stuff. It looks really good. Like, this is something I would pay money for. And he straight up tells you, like, this is one of the only mods in here I would pay money for. And the other one is the... Uh, futuristic or like modern furniture pack that yeah yeah attempts to do like a kind of you know modern like mo current time modern yeah. like ikea style furniture uh for your houses and and floors for fallout 4 and he thinks that one is also totally worth i think the three dollars or something really ridiculous that it, it is, is it is um Still fairly inexpensive, but at the same time, yeah. it is expensive you get, enough that you're like, what the yeah. fuck? Why are you, you get, why am I paying for this? You get 40 bits of furniture and flooring and dec decorative stuff for $3 or whatever it is, which is not not bad at all uh, in the grand scheme of things. But it still sucks that you know, you're know you paying for a mod anyway. Um, yeah. But I also heard something really funny today, kind of in the same vein of uh, like Bethesda really cannot call this uh paid mods paid like mods. they they are avoiding the term paid mods so hard they've created a new term for this stuff and they're referring to it as mini dlc <laughs> which is like so so you mean like a paid mod like yeah. people yeah. but they've been spending like the past two weeks being like guys it's totally not paid mods like they're not paid mods. You can still have free, their free mods are still a thing. Um, except there's total evidence of like this whole thing, just breaking free mods 
And yeah, yeah, yeah. as Henry points out, like almost all of the paid mods in this are just complete knockoffs of free mods that are out there, and the free mods tend to do it better. Um, but yeah, it's a thing, and it's it's just kind of funny. But it does kind of feel like microtransactions, like so. Yeah, that that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I let's get into the main topic because really yeah. I, I guarantee you that 95 other websites in just the last day or so have posted reviews of paid mods and how upset they are oh yeah people I, people are not happy with Bethesda especially since like they released this giant patch and it forces you to download all of the paid mod content a two gigabyte patch. Yeah. And, and it, it does. Like all of the patch files are there. It just needs yep. a second patch file that you buy, which is apparently really funny because someone has figured out that you can just like, if you're good enough at modding, you can create the other file yourself and just unlock all of the stuff from the patch like, <laughs> without paying for it. It <laughs> <laughs> oh, is a delight. Okay. Yeah. So we have talked a ton about microtransactions and honestly it is a big deal when it comes to game funding yeah like specifically especially a lot of free-to-play games like this is how free-to-play games exist this is how yeah. league of legends can exist and be yeah. literally the largest and most played game in the world here's the storm overwatch anything yeah. blizzard has popped out lately mm -hmm. Yeah, like I mean it is it is a huge deal. It's health. I mean the entire mobile market basically functions unfortunately. Yeah. But fortunately and unfortunately because at the same time, I mean I, they've worked so hard on this and oh, yeah. they've given me a free game. I, okay, yes. here have have a couple of bucks. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And and there are a lot of good examples that we've talked about. I mean Overwatch is a great one of a, a paid multiplayer game where there are microtransactions but they're completely optional. Yeah, and and it is one they're completely optional and they're used to fund further development of the game. I mean, yes. we've talked about Elite Dangerous and their microtransactions too. Mm -hmm. And but, and it goes completely toward funding more development of the game. It's right. it's not something that's just pure profit. Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is why these companies are doing it because they're trying to find new ways to fund their games. And this has inevitably led to publishers and developers testing the waters uh, of can they get people to stomach microtransactions in single player games? Like is the, a full $60 AAA title, can you sneak in microtransactions and make them functional in a single player game? I can test that we already have for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, one of the games that we'll talk about, uh, I think is from 2007 um i think this is even earlier yeah so the sims oh the sims had it yeah the sims had tons of microtransactions you could buy d there's all of the dlc for one well, now, the, granted, i don't, the DLC I don't count different dlc thing. as microtransactions I, I realize i realize but you could also buy individual pieces of the dlc Meh, but i would call okay. it a microtransaction okay we'll talk we'll talk <laughs> the the reason we want to talk about this topic, though, is that there is 
a concern that putting microtransactions into a single player game creates kind of a conflict of interest when you're designing a game because when you create a microtransaction, the idea basically is that they it's always positioned as it just allows you to take a shortcut. Like you can do all this stuff, but if you want to, you can pay money and we'll give you this magic shortcut. And you don't have to grind for hours anymore. You can just, you know, pay five bucks and it's harmless, right? Pay five bucks and you don't have to do hours and hours of grinding. And the problem is that when you start getting into these mechanics is that you have to you have to create enough friction in the grinding that people don't want to do it and are tempted to hand you money to avoid doing it. So there's this yeah. fine balance that has to be struck where either you have to make a system so hard that people are forced to pay out money or this really weird thing where like, I mean, the ideal is you just have the normal game and you just, you know, it, you design it and then you shoehorn in later, like, hey, if you want to skip all this stuff, you can do it. But I think that's never, that's never what happens. Like, I mean, there might be the best intentions when they start, but for the most part, you have this thing of like, they have to kind of intentionally cripple their game systems to make it more tempting to pay money. Because at the end of the day, they're trying to, they have this, they have this problem where they have this game, but they also have a bottom line they have to meet and they have to balance these two things and players get caught in the middle of it. Customers get caught in the middle of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at that point, it's no longer a game player. It's more customer because they're looking at your wallet, yeah. not at what you want. Yeah. So, so again, like a lot of our other microtransaction conversations, it, depends on the nature of the microtransaction. If if it is Team Fortress 2 microtransactions, that's fine. Because all you want is hats, ever. Yeah. Hats. If it's, yeah, if, it, if it's hats and customization stuff, that's fine. If it's stuff that you functionally need to complete the game, we start having problems. Yeah, yeah. And that's amplified even more when it's a triple a $60 game which is why we need to talk about Shadow of War yes please so one of the games in my incredibly large game queue is Shadow of Mordor um, Paul has played Shadow of Mordor and I believe you have a very favorable opinion of Shadow of Mordor I originally had a an issue with it when I first started playing it. And this was back when I first bought it years ago. I had purchased it and I was like, this is just Assassin's Creed in Middle Earth. I don't care for this at all. When I started playing it again, and I had thought to bring it up for, say, all one of our Game Corner games, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is really much more interesting and much more entertaining because it tells you a story that's not surrounding hobbits or the one ring or anything like that it deals with the sub sub smaller sect of characters underneath sauron and yeah. underneath all, all of the the whole war yeah and the the big 
marquee thing for this game is the nemesis system with the what are they called urox or something like that urox oh the, the urukai yeah yeah whatever they're called orcs. the fucking orcs yeah <laughs> fucking orcs anyway so in shadow of mordor it became famous because like you would get a reputation with the orcs and orcs would remember you and if you you can beat an orc and sometimes it'll come back later and it'll be it'll be a different he'll be changed and there'll be differences in the orc but he'll remember you and he'll still yeah. hate you and yeah because you know, there's actually one orc that lasts the entire way up until the end he's leading the final force against you mm -hmm. during the final fight right before the final boss it's yeah. it's an interesting little tricklet there that they had and if they beat you like if they manage to beat you like they gain a lot more confidence and they you know like it there's this reactionary thing between you and the boss orcs basically um so in shadow of war there is this system that they they talked about at e3 where like you basically have a choice when you're fighting these these big boss orcs and that you can either kill them or you can kind of take them over and possess them and charm them over to your side and they become a soldier underneath you yeah and you use these orcs to fight these big siege battles and these crazy wars and like that's this is a fundamental part of the game yeah it was it was actually originally introduced in this one as a a domination system where you could continue to dominate more and more of yeah. the the like 32 or something like uh, war chief leaders yeah it was but, it was interesting that they're continuing it yeah it was one of the really neat things that came out of the the game's advertising and stuff at e3 like it was one of the things like wow this game looks really cool we're both really interested in this game because i've yes me absolutely. i've heard good things about shadow of mordor and i'm looking forward to playing it eventually um <laughs> and but but you know okay this is cool the game is going to have a good sequel i can't wait to play it until like three weeks ago or maybe four weeks ago when they started talking about a loot box system that they were going to have available for the game and they they swear they promise up and down that all of the stuff that is going to be available in the loot boxes you can you can unlock in the game without paying any money just by playing the game normally and you can then grind why would you have the system as a favor to the players so that you can take a shortcut if you need to like that's the, the exactly like that is the that is the 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 uh, what feels like such a bullshit excuse that they always use like yeah it's wank cause, cause i mean you have to like a, as a company you have to have a pr group that is literally trying to anything you do has to be for the benefit of the player. So the only, the obvious player benefit here is like, if you don't have the time to spend hours and hours and hours of grinding these followers, you can open loot boxes and and get loot boxes. And the loot boxes contain orcs and they contain items to equip the orcs with. Um, to their credit, there are three levels of these boxes and one of them is totally purchased with in-game currency. Sure. So as you, as you do stuff, you can supplement your orc army by buying these silver chests that either contain and they contain either two items or followers or possibly some combination of the two according to what they've said so far yeah, yeah. so you can just you, as, as you earn money in the game you can get extra bonus followers you know that's cool whatever like sure, that is sure. that's fine 
it is the golden mithril chests that start becoming a concern because they contain more items and followers and guarantee rare and legendary items in them and they cost a premium currency and that premium currency much like a lot of mobile games can be earned through community events and other special in-game things at a very slow rate okay. or you can purchase them you can purchase in-game currency or well this this special currency with real world money so let me ask you a quick question here What's as up? soon as you heard this your interest level was originally pretty high in shadow of war how quickly did this take a screaming nosedive into the shitter for you well for me basically it made me immediately cautious like and that's whenever i hear something like this and i hear about uh any kind of microtransaction system in a game i immediately go all right i need to wait and see and i need i need a review i need to see multiple reviews of people who have actually played the game to see how much it impacts you and that's the same for this game like i will not touch this game until i hear an actual good credible review of how avoidable the microtransactions are because if you can actually like like they keep promising if you can actually play the game and unlock all of this stuff as normal without having to spend any money i don't care as much i like i like i said i'll buy it when it breaks under my magic ceiling of $20 on Steam. Like that is that is yeah, my threshold. Yeah, if yeah. there's a game that I'm questionable on and I'm iffy about, if it gets under $20, I'll consider giving it a shot. Um however, if it turns out that it is literally pay to win, like mm -hmm. if you have to buy this stuff for a single player game, and I want to emphasize that like I think there is a multiplayer system for this game. Like there is going to be competitive stuff. And like, again, your orc army will be used in competitive online play. But if it is required for single player, there is a 0% chance I will buy this game. As soon as I heard that paid currency, you know, you can mm -hmm. pay to pay to get items. I went from this is a day one buy to I'm not buying this. I'm just not. Yeah. I, I've lost all interest in all of this because you've tried to take more of my money than you already wanted. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I will do is there's a guy who made a really, really compelling argument for this. Like I, uh, he, he's where I heard this from. It's a, a, a YouTuber. Uh, I will link his video in the show notes because it's a, uh, it's actually a really good and a kind of insightful thing into this whole thing. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it really is a, okay, now we have to wait and see. And what will probably be even more of a problem is I'm pretty sure there's going to be a review embargo until the game goes live. Like a lot oh, of, of games are doing these days, which is probably going to be a topic of a future episode because it's kind of complete bullshit. Yes. Um, and uh look at you colonial marines uh, i'm looking at you bethesda <laughs> yeah colonial marines yeah it's like, just uh and destiny destiny too had yeah. a review embargo yeah until now yeah essentially um 
as as we record this, it is the day after Destiny's problematic launch. Um. <laughs> I, I, is it really problematic at this point when every single fucking online game does this shit? Yeah. Well, apparently, like it just didn't work on PS4. Oh. Womp womp. Yeah, like the PS4 Pro, <laughs> the PS4 Pro, like ninety percent of players or something ridiculous like that couldn't play yesterday. Womp womp. And it has since been fixed, but you know, whatever. sucks to suck. Yeah. Um. So good job, Destiny. The the big quote to kind of pay attention to for Shadow of War is this is according to the developers that spending gold like okay so they say that all of the items that are found in any of these chests including the mithril chest which is their highest level of chest um can be found in the game you just have to grind for them and that according to the developers spending gold quote merely allows you to get your hands on the items immediately and that you're just saving yourself some hassle and that's that's how most companies like to to frame these things that is some scummy bullshit yeah it it that's the bad part is that like no matter how you frame it that sounds like a lawyer trying to convince you that this is actually good for you not it's actually good for you yeah that is some schoolyard bullshit and i honestly you can shove that straight up your ass with all that fucking lawyer talk that's just not you obviously them can do it yeah i just i don't i don't get it, the whole fucking thing and it pisses me off yeah i mean you and that's the bad part is that like that doesn't sound like something a developer is saying that it stinks of pr like it is definitely like oh we are trying to do damage control we are trying to spin this but we are not as good as politicians are at pr <laughs> it is 100 percent marketing wank that's what it is yeah and, and it sucks because like that doesn't feel like the the worst part is none of it feels genuine. It doesn't feel and and I kind of feel bad for the developer because I'm willing to bet the developer doesn't have a say in this. The the Absolutely publisher not. the publisher is like we need microtransactions because we want to maximize profits. Yeah. Because reasons i guess money yeah. i don't know it's it's, it's fucking oh, it, it's always money it's always money it's always shareholders it's always yeah. return on investment like un unfortunately the video game industry is a business and businesses need money to survive and the, the massively unfortunate thing is when you start dealing with super super huge companies that are publicly traded it is all about the bottom line yeah, and it is it not is artistic vision and integrity do not matter it's literally all about the That's, report you have to make to your shareholders at the end of the day well that and shit like, goes out the window as, we, as money comes in yeah we spent x amount of money and if we made this amount of money and these are the investments we now have to get rid of and that's why a lot of games don't get renewed and don't get sequels yeah, yeah. Huh. la noir yeah and, and in fact well, um part of that is i mean team Bundy folded, which is well, yeah, because again, money. Yeah. I, although I will say that it's possible that a sequel is coming out because Alien Noir is re-releasing on PS4 and Xbox yes. One and as Switch a and yeah, yeah as, as an HD remake and HTC Vive for some reason. Yeah, but I mean, I guess 
Yeah. So I don't know why, but sure, I guess. But it also gives me hope for a sequel. I think you'd be hard pressed. I, I don't see. I don't see why not. Depending on how much this this makes, I mean, is Rockstar just gonna film pitch it to another studio and have them or, do it? Like, that's I mean, the, why not just make it themselves? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, another one of their studios makes it instead of Team Bondi or whatever. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they could, they could just hire the Team Bondi guys. Really, they could literally just hire them and open another studio. It's not like they yeah. don't have money. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest here. True. But, I mean, I think they're working on Red Dead 2. Sure, oh, but that doesn't Red mean Dead they don't 3, have yeah. a... Yeah. What? <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2, Red Dead 3. Red Dead 3. That's fine. Um, We got way off track here for a second. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's fine. Um, it's fine. So, an, another game, if we're going to... As we head down this rabbit hole of weird like huge huge triple a games that had microtransactions in their single yep. player uh deus ex mankind divided got massive amounts of flack for this because through microtransactions you could buy these things called praxis kits which were used to activate augmentations buy ammo buy weapons and do other things in the game and Again, I remember how they framed the things for Shadow of War. This is a quote from the game's producer about these microtransactions in Deus Ex Mankind Divided. And this, so this is the quote from his name is Fleur Marty, or it might be a she, I don't know. Um, it is you can play the full game without ever having to spend a dollar. I promise but we will have a few accelerators. Things like putting odds a bit better in your favor. We are really treading very carefully here. We don't want the game to be pay to win, especially since we're starting with a AAA game that people are already paying for. As soon as you said, I promise, I smelled the bullshit in yeah. the air. It, it, and that's that's the hard part is like, how how does a game company do this? Like, how do they combat this? Don't! Because... Yes, don't is the, uh, <laughs> the fucking don't. But like, you, there is no way to phrase this where people don't immediately start calling bullshit. Because as soon as you say, "I promise this won't affect the game at all," people are going to go, "All right, it's already affected the game." Like, that should be an indicator. <laughs> don't fucking do this, you yeah. fucking morons. Yeah. <sighs> And and again, like I feel bad for them because I mean you have I to don't. you you want to fund the game like you you want more money for the studio so you can put more into the game. You've like, already got a AAA title, yes, and it's already going to make a lot of fucking money. Maybe, <sighs> like that because that's the thing is like you don't know, and the problem is, you, I mean, you have this problem with uh, movies right now too, right? Where like. If a if a movie doesn't clear X amount in the box office, no matter how much it costs to make, a sequel will not be made to that movie, no matter yeah. how much fans yeah. want it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, no offense. Look at Firefly and Serenity. Fans Look have been screaming for a decade 
for it for this to be renewed and picked up and new stuff to be made outside of comics and like it did not do well so fox sees zero desire to make a season two look at dread yeah dread is a hugely popular film after the fact that it was released mm -hmm. it didn't make enough money in theaters yeah. carl urban was fantastic he was amazing as dread mm -hmm. uh so i mean if, if we want to go into video game stuff um you can look at Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. They are, I guarantee there will not be a second game in the Infinite Warfare setting. Oh, absolutely because not. People bitched so much about it. Which doesn't make sense. They yeah. wanted something new. Yeah. They gave you something new. What is yeah. your fucking problem? A lot. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But, but, and that's the problem is that like these games that people want to see, uh, like I played. Battlefield 2142, the crazy futuristic Battlefield game. I would love to see a sequel to that. We're never going to get one. No. It did so poorly. Yeah. And and, and, that's, then, and that sucks. Let's go back to World War One now. Yeah. Just tap that dry well. Well, World, World War, War I, I, is not, I it, realize it's not a dry well. It is, it is more fruitful than World War II. I want it to be a dry well. Yeah. True. Like... I think World War World War One's more way more fruitful than World War Two, but it's certainly more. It has almost never been done. Like there, there are very, very few World War One games, and I still wish they hadn't. Yeah, true. I think there's a lot, lot of interesting stuff out there, but I mean, when you're doing a game that involves shooting people, there's very, very little you can do when it you when it comes to warfare. Um, I mean, but. I think technology yeah. is starting to get there where a Vietnam game can can be feasible because you can have these big lush jungles. Um, but even that's that gonna, that's going to be like if a team that did a game like Spec Ops: The Line can do a Vietnam game, I would one hundred percent support that shit. If you can make it morally questionable, and like because that was what Vietnam was, like all oh, the soldiers that's, had. That's like a, just a big moral quandary and shitstorm around there even yeah. being there. Like if that game can be made, it, that will be amazing. If it becomes a crazy run and gun cover shooter, call of duty game. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it deserves that. I think it deserves it. If it could get a spec ops, the line treatment, I think it could be a really great game and a really amazing experience and a very interesting tale to tell. But I, I just I don't, I don't I don't trust them. I don't I feel don't comfortable them. with that. I don't feel comfortable with it at all. I just nothing about it feels comfortable for me. Yeah. After growing up with my dad, who yeah. went through Vietnam, I, I don't I, feel comfortable with any of it. I totally understand, but I think that that's a story that could be told that would be a very interesting game, especially if you make it as if you can invoke that kind of reaction out of a player at the end of the game. I don't see why not. Just I, I like I totally understand your reaction, but that's on. what I'm saying. Like if it, yeah, I, uh... if you can, if you can make the game that level of just, you know, if you can invoke anything even remotely approaching that response from a player, like I, I think there's fertile ground. But again, like I said, I do not trust a AAA studio to do that. No.
anyway, yeah, we have more games to talk about with this microtransaction bullshit. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. So this is the the older one I was talking about. So prior to its reboot in 2015, mm-hmm. there were some Need for Speed games that had microtransactions in them. Uh, apparently, one of the worst offenders, according to players, was a game called Need for Speed Pro Street, where you I've had to pay to basically unlock individual cars sooner like so you could you could unlock cars through the game like normally by racing and doing stuff but you could unlock better cars sooner by by paying for it uh and apparently you could like ridiculously out unbalance the game by just spent you know 10 bucks on a really awesome car and just destroy everyone and the game was no longer fun yeah, at that point, why bother? Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, but but like I said, when they rebooted the series, because they they apparently just scrapped everything and rebooted Need for Speed back in 2015, uh, there were no microtransactions. They completely cut them all out of the game because, like, we the whole we listen to our players. We we you know they don't want this, so we we removed it from the game. Um, so it'll be interesting in my opinion, to see if they start slowly creeping back in uh, or or if they actually continue to not have them in the game. Dead... What? You're kidding. Nope. Dead Space 3 had it? Yes. One of the... fucked up. One of the biggest offenders to this is the third Dead Space game which is a survival horror game. Uh, admittedly, by the time Dead Space 3 rolled around, it was very action-y, very action-y yeah. with some survival horror roots. Um, yeah, kind of. But it had a hardcore mode. Yep. It had like a hard, like a crazy hardcore like survival mode. Yep. And you could still buy ammo and health as microtransactions. What's the fucking point of that? And... It, there was a a weapons crafting system in the game, which there's been since the first game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one of the things that you need to uh, upgrade your weapons is stuff called scrap, which is just, you know, like scrap metal, scrap material that's laying around on levels that you just loot off of stuff. Or you can just purchase scrap if you don't have enough. So if you're upgrading your weapon and you need 20 scrap, but you only have 15, you could pay like a, a buck for it, right? No, no, I can't. <laughs> no, I will. Can't, I I just no, I can't. Yep. But the, those were the uh, the steps that Dead Space took. Oh wait, EA, that everything's falling into place now. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. We're all good here. The world is right again. <laughs> I understand now. Yep. And another gigantic offender, because it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't. Fucking malign Ubisoft. Assassin's Creed Origins. And prior to this, Assassin's Creed Unity had them as well. Yeah. So there is, much like Shadow of War, there is some information coming out about Assassin's Creed Origins that basically it all stems from the most recent big financial earnings call that... uh, Ubisoft had because they basically, you know, they had they all of these big companies have big investor earnings calls and where they break down all of their profits and talk about yeah. how their how business has been for the quarter, basically. Right. Um, 
And one of the things they talked about was the upcoming release of Assassin's Creed Origins. And they talked about the microtransactions they were going to have in the game that were tied to the RPG elements of the game. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what all this entails yet. We just know that they are going to exist and will be tied to the RPG elements, which is, you know, got to be, you know, character and weapon progression. Essentially, yeah. And possibly, like, if you're building up a gang, which a lot of these things involve, you know, hiring, getting new assassins, kidding out the assassins, who knows what. Hiring prostitutes, because that was actually a thing in the game. You could open a brothel. Not a joke. Funny as it is. Um, The funny part is, like, I saw at one point uh, one gamer criticizing complaints about this on the Ubisoft forums. And basically, like, he said that microtransactions have been a part of the game since Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which is like an old game. It is, And, uh, And he's like, but no one's made a fuss about them until now and he doesn't understand why and like, it's like the third game <laughs> of the series yeah and, and that's just like holy crap like that has actually been a long time and i i don't remember microtransactions but i mean they might have been there and i just didn't know about them but i was also playing way way after the game was released yeah um, so that whole I mean, thing might have been shut down at that point it's possible they were in there and we just didn't notice them yeah like they, they might have been buried true or Either I just way. might have ignored the uh I mean that's whatever mode of gameplay good. required them. <laughs> yeah, it's a strong possibility. Because any multiplayer aspect I just ignored the shit out of. Yeah. At least with those games. God, I hate those games. <laughs> Dude, so, I do. I know. The, you you wax poetic about your hatred for assassins. I just, it's it's not even the hate at this point. It's just I'm tired of it, man. Yeah. We've been on this game for 13 years. That's not an accomplishment. That is bullshit. I, I suppose. Fucking do something new. Yep. Please. Yeah. Anyway. So. This next game we're going to talk about is a little weird. I don't think it's weird. I mean, I think this this has been normal since it's been a, time it's been, immemorial. It's been a part of this game for a little while, and this is, I mean, this is EA's cash cow. Oh yeah, like I think EA makes more money from the FIFA games than they make from any other game they release. Would not surprise me one bit because you do this, you can do this in any of their sports titles. Mm-hmm. Um, so. If you're unfamiliar, FIFA has this mode called Ultimate Team. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly people play it in multiplayer, but as as we discovered kind of in our research today, there is a single player mode for Ultimate Team. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it, it goes on this list. Um, and the way the Ultimate Team stuff works is you have like like a collectible card game. You have little booster packs that you can purchase for real money. And they have little player cards in them, basically. And it unlocks that player for your Ultimate Team. And so you buy a series of cards and you put, a, put together a, a roster of 11 players using these cards. And 
that's who is on your team when you compete online in ultimate team mode and in this single player mode of ultimate team mode. And like I said, it costs real world money to buy these packs, which is kind of crazy. And and I know there was some big news last year or earlier this year where someone in FIFA 2017 calculated the cost at because it has like a weird little auction house system for at least the multiplayer stuff and i don't know if that transfers over to single player also but the cost of the best possible team you can make an ultimate team would cost more than 500 pounds british pounds and yeah, which equates really. to about 600 more than 650 dollars us yeah yeah, I think the the total cost was actually around almost eight hundred, if I remember correctly. No, was, but I, I don't know. The, the original calculation it was like five hundred and six point something pounds, and yeah. it it ends up being uh, five hundred and eight point three one pounds, and uh, yeah. it ends up being about you know six hundred and fifty something dollars US. So I will note which is that insane. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And I will note that what makes it even more insane is the fact that FIFA is a card pack system, which is a luck of the draw system. And with any yeah. card card pack game, because you purchase the pack and you have random chance of getting the player that you want. You don't get mm -hmm. a guaranteed player. You have a random chance of getting that player. Yeah. So it's even more insane for someone to drop $50, $60 buying a bunch of fucking packs, hoping for a player, hoping for a player. Yeah. I can't stress that enough. Well, and that's that's what I wonder if like that it's just, I mean, the six hundred and fifty dollar one is like buying it in the auction house from other yes. players. Yes. Um, but yeah, otherwise it is totally you're just again like loot boxes. You're just throwing money at it, hoping to get a result that you want, and it, yeah. which may or may not happen. Yeah. So. There's also a, a final bit of this for sports titles, and it's the NBA 2K series and the MLB The Show series on PS on, on PlayStation. So microtransactions allow you to basically purchase in-game currency to upgrade your My Player and NBA 2K and the, whatever the equivalent is in MLB. I don't I don't honestly know, unfortunately. It allows you to essentially pay to turn yourself into the next LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or whomever player is is up and coming these days. Derek Jeter, I don't know I, <laughs> for baseball. He's been retired for how Ty long Cobb. now? Five years? You, you can be the Ty next. Cobb is dead. You can be the next Ty Cobb. Yeah, you can be dead too, I guess. Roberto Clemente? Is that better? I don't know. I don't even know who that is. It doesn't matter. Point is that you can just basically pay to turn yourself into the next very important player. To, to, to be fair for you, Paul, Roberto Clemente is a professional baseball player that my grandfather played baseball with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay attention to baseball. You could have thrown that past me without a problem. I know, but but the, like the, he he's also another very very old school. And uh, Stan yeah, Usual is yeah. another uh, another old school one I can throw out there for Should all you. Joe uh, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Okay, Babe Ruth. But <laughs> sure, Babe you can turn yourself into the next legendary player. We'll put it that way. And apparently, there's been some bit of controversy surrounding the NBA 2K microtransactions because it affected not only your player in offline mode but online mode as well so you could literally just be like hey no here way. you go and be the next lebron james in online mode and that's no fun for the people you're playing against you don't yeah. give a shit because you paid for it and you're like i want to win now yeah 
with that um, particular voice and intonation too. Yeah. And, and that's always the problem. So, and that, that's always the thing. It's like, I mean, pay to win stuff in multiplayer is always absolutely terrible. And right now, apparently destiny two is getting its ass handed to it by players because of a potential pay to win scheme that may or may not be too terribly bad. Um, really? but there are, yeah. Uh, just prior to uh, starting up this video, like the no posted something that it's like Destiny 2 players are currently like in full revolt right now and are mad huh. at them. Um, oh my. But they were mad. They, they've been mad for a couple of days about uh, there's Server a system. Issues. Well, the original Destiny game had all of this stuff where like you could buy emotes and you could buy, you know, dye packs and stuff like that. Sure, and, sure. And, and stuff like just cosmetic stuff. But this yeah. game apparently has. Once you hit level 20, you can buy uh, basically weapon mods or item mods that mm. actually have an in-game effect, but they mm. only go up to like blue and rarity instead of epic and like all of this other stuff. So basically, like as soon as you actually do any kind of serious rating, like you'll immediately replace them and never have a need for them again. Sure. So most people are like, yeah, that's relatively harmless. It's just like, you know, most people are never going to actually pay that money, you know, whatever. But apparently some some other stuff is going down that's uh been kind of bad and hopefully i don't know if it's actually dlc or, you know microtransaction related but i don't know it makes me really hesitant and it actually makes me glad for a very weird reason that the uh the pc version is a month behind like the pc version isn't coming out for another month so like i get this I get to see all of the fallout from the console release of the game and what people actually think of the game and how the game actually plays and get real reviews before I have to purchase the game because I want to play it. I want to purchase it, but not if it has pay to win stuff. Like, I actually think I'm going to pass. I'm mean, like, I, I played the first one and it was yeah. okay. Like that's the best I can say about it. I thought it was okay, but review- I don't want yeah, the reviews that I've heard about it are basically like, if you liked the expansions, you will like this game. Didn't but, play them. Yeah, and that's the problem is most people never got to them because they played the game and were like, oh, God, you know, I'm already sick of this or whatever, and they stopped, mm-hmm. the story sucks, and they stopped playing. But apparently the story gets better or whatever. And Apparently the story campaign takes like 12 to 14 hours to play through in Destiny 2. That's what I've heard so far at least. Um, that's short. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess people just love the in-game content anyway. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm curious. I never got to play the first one, so like I would, I would like to play a more polished one. But again, it, it's not coming out until next month on PC, so I can't. Yeah, yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's multiplayer microtransactions, and again, another weird thing. Um, but so I have one more thing I want to talk to you about. Shoot. That it, that it has to do with this stuff and it's kind of interesting. And I saw it just as like a random question on Reddit. Um, so if it's a single player game, you're you're theoretically just downloading everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. and if one of the things in single player games is like save game hacking, like it's it's been a thing for forever. Oh, um, yeah. So editing editing your save games, editing game files to INIs and all kinds of stuff to unlock to to do things to your game that you wouldn't normally be able to do. Uh, so, 
the question was basically, if it's possible to edit local files and unlock the microtransaction content in a single player game without paying for it, is that wrong? Is it stealing? Is it cheating? Like, how how does that, how do you feel about that? If someone found a workaround of that capacity? I don't know. I mean, we already talked about how they did find a workaround with that, but yeah, for Fallout 4, which is fucking hilarious but i don't know how i'd reconcile that in my head actually mm-hmm. doing it myself like i don't i don't know i i just I, it's it's a tough question it is a moral conundrum because yeah. on the one hand it's already there yeah. i could just you, put you've this already, in my file like you've you've literally you paid for the game it's already there yeah if, it's if already you, in the file it's right here all i have to yeah. do is just download this file and do this yeah Okay. I mean, I guess I, I it's I don't know how I'd feel about it. Like I yeah. I don't feel terrible about it, but at the same time, someone made the content and then they decided to put it behind a pay gate. I Yeah. It's it's and, weird. And then and then there's the extra layer of moral craziness of like I've already paid $60 for this. Why should I have to nickel and dime myself to to get this extra stuff that is literally already in the game and on my hard drive? Um, exactly. Exactly. So, like Street Fighter yeah they did that for fucking uh it was already on the disc that you yeah. purchased wasn't it like is it akuma it was one of the it was a character or something it was like several characters or something like that it was ridiculous because they already had all of the files on the disc already ready yeah. to go and, and all you had to do was DLC. give them money yeah it was yeah. such bullshit yeah i mean and, and and like i don't know a good answer to this again like yes it probably is stealing um but probably whether whether or not it's wrong it's i mean it's as wrong as editing a save game can possibly be uh but at that point it's like is it is it the game company's fault for not protecting their assets enough like i don't i don't know it's so so i don't know it it is it's an interesting question an interesting kind of moral thing to just ponder of like yeah hmm. yeah it is I don't know. I I just I thought it was an interesting question, and uh, I wanted. To I, I wish I could have a. I wish I had a more satisfactory answer for you. Like this this huge diatribe of yes, this is this this and this and this. But I just don't. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like I I don't know if I want a satisfactory answer. I don't know if I want a concrete answer. I I think it it should be gray area. Like I that's why I, I like the question because it's not it's it's a talking point. It's not necessarily like you can't stamp a yes or no on it. You like, I don't know like that. And I don't know is a totally acceptable answer in my book. It's just, it's a very weird and strange question that you tell us, what do you think? I mean, yeah. Email us, tweet us. I mean, we're going to get to all that stuff in just a second, but you tell us what you think. I I mean, I got nothing. I, I don't, I don't know how I'd feel doing it personally. Yeah, I. It, it's always weird when stuff like that comes to light. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. You anything else? I think we've covered this pretty good. Uh, again, like like the same kind of stuff. If you guys can think of another game that kind of fits this, that you know, single player has some microtransaction stuff going on, then it really annoyed you, or you know, <laughs> or you know, I don't know. If if it 
if a game you loved got ruined by microtransactions <laughs> if like, something pissed you off let us know or, or if you liked it you didn't mind it and it was just kind of there and whatever I generally go with the pissed you off because people are more apt to tell somebody when they're angry rather than when they're really happy with something. Well, I want both, damn it. Agreed. So if, you're, if, Agreed. If, if you were really happy with the game and it had microtransactions in the single player, like, let us know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Our next episode up is going to be Dan's favorite game, Descent Free Space, The Great War. Mm-hmm. After that, we're going to have our next game corner game, Stardew Valley. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can just head over to podcast at loadedcartgaming.com for our email. You can find me at Paul Clue. You can find Dan running both the at Loaded Cart Twitter and his own at Shop the Viking. You can find me over at twitch.tv slash what's Paul playing today. I've been streaming a lot of PUBG lately. So <laughs> roll on over, watch me get murdered by Bob Ross after he kills Hitler. It was pretty sweet. Uh, you can find Dan doing all kinds of fun stuff. He's been streaming a little bit of uh, Stardew Valley lately over at uh, twitch.tv slash chop the Viking. And if you want to find us on social media, you'll find all that stuff over at loadedcartgaming.com. And if you love us, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to us. It really does help us find more people. Like we have just cleared almost 1,400 downloads, and that is awesome. Thank you guys so much for giving yeah. us some reviews, spreading the word, all that fun stuff. If you really, really love us, Head over to patreon.com slash loaded cart gaming. Maybe you can get ship in a dollar or two. We'd really appreciate it. You got anything else to add? Uh no. Uh yeah, it is it is awesome that you guys are supporting us. So we really appreciate everybody that decides to give. And uh, make sure to check out I know already giving with uh, with patreon but if you guys want to check out the new t-shirts that are coming up they should be live over on teespring as soon as this episode drops so yes please check those out too we'd appreciate it i'm buying one dan's buying one will you buy one hopefully and if nothing else well here's some smooth jazz to play you out Yes, folks, the sound you're hearing is the sound of a crying child. Dan is tending to it now. Please stand by. Yes, the sound you're hearing is still a crying child. It is being tended to. Please stand by. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That is some scummy bullshit. You can shove it it straight up your ass. You need to reboot, sir. You are crackly as a motherfucker. See you in a minute. (laughs) So how are you folks doing out there? While I'm waiting for Paul to reboot his his rebootal hopefully
this all goes well. Do, 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 do. Technical difficulties. At least I have good coffee. Well, that was irritating. How am I doing now? You sound perfectly fine, sir. Okay, let's get back to it. It is all about... Yeah. <laughs> Your microphone. Yes. But it's, it's 